0: Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now, here's your host, J.P. McAvoy.
1: Hello, podcast friends. Thanks for joining us here today. We have Jonathan Rosenfeld. He's a MedMal attorney. I've been building his business for some 21 years from the state of Illinois and throughout the U.S. on today's show, Jonathan Rosenfeld. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us here today. Uh, I guess from sunny Chicago, what's the summer like in Chicago this summer? Well, the
2: summer was beautiful. Unfortunately, we are Quickly transitioning to uh, a little bit of fall. It's a uh, little, little uh, coolness in the mornings now, but uh, You can feel it already, beautiful.
1: can't you? Yeah, you can feel it already. It's a predictor of what's to come. Yeah, but. we know how this works. It's not our first rodeo. Either. In either case, we were just talking offline. I guess you have some sun exposure in the winter. You make your way down to Florida, right?
2: As much as possible. Whenever my wife will let me uh, go, I'm, I'll skip out, out of Chicago and head to uh, sunny Florida and uh, I love it down there.
1: It's no, good. That's the way it works, right? I mean, that's the way we do business now as well, isn't it? I assume it's fairly seamless when you say, you know, s- skip off. The rally, is you're still connected, right? You're still checking in. You're still making things happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I,
2: I could be in uh, Timbuktu. And, you know, at this point, I'm so, you know, connected to, you know, my phone, email, everything that it's almost second nature. So regardless of where I am, I'm always, you know, working or thinking about things. And I just happen to enjoy doing that a little bit more in, in uh, warmer climates.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's for better or worse that we're so connected to, that way. That's just, that's just the reality of the way it is. How much have uh, things shifted for you and your business, you know, through the pandemic and coming at the other side of the pandemic?
2: Yeah, I mean it's sort of it's sort of uh, interesting. You know, we were doing a lot of stuff I wouldn't say necessarily remotely, but we were doing a lot of stuff online. We were doing, you know, a lot of some remote work before the pandemic ever started. You know, I was I don't know, I am not the brightest guy around, but I was always sort of a uh, a believer in having, you know, some balance, not necessarily, you know, with everything, but a little bit of balance and a little bit of Ability to basically work when you want, where you want, when you want. And so we were always sort of giving people a a chance to work, you know, from their home or whatever, at least a couple days a week, long before the pandemic. And we found it really effective. People seem to really resonate, you know, enjoy it, really resonated with them, you know, and frankly, you know, if someone's a productive person, it doesn't matter if they're in the office or behind their computer or in in Chicago or Florida or wherever and so once the pandemic hit we just sort of amped that up a little bit and we've sort of continued on with that and you know there're certain things you have to collaborate with people on you know in person and it's certainly helpful but i find that when you have those meetings and you set them up and you allocate the time people are much more productive than just you know, sort of standing in an office all day.
1: Yeah. Where they're, you know, almost, you know, punching the clock, right. Or putting the hours in. Uh, it's just, as you say, good people are good people. They'll do the work wherever, you know, and uh, in a way that, you know, that complements what they're trying to do as well. And it's just the way, it's the way we're going for sure. I think we're all, we're all eyes open to That's the way the business and things need to be done. Certainly clients are expecting the same thing. That's one of the biggest shifts is now they understand as well. How, how interactions with clients, how has that evolved? Well, you know,
2: again, everyone has FaceTime or something on their phone. You know, everyone, you know, even if you don't have Zoom and you're, you don't have a headset and everything else, you still have, you know, a lot of channels to communicate, you know, whether it's email, text, whatever it is. And that's something that, you know, has really amped up over the past couple of years. For better or worse, you know, people really want a quick response to their inquiries, whether they're a prospective client, an existing client whatever. And you got to be available to them. And that's just something that, you know, you can fight it or or not. But at the end of the day, that's just the way things are, are moving.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How do you manage that sort of the need to be on 24 seven? Everyone's got a different way of
2: doing it. You know, i f- you know, frankly, just sort of go a little bit go with the flow, because my days tend to be pretty busy. And, you know, if I'm If I'm not taking care of things pretty quickly, they just get, they start piling up really, really fast. Yes. And so I have a tendency to, you know, respond very quickly to things, you know, that may not work for everyone, but that's just, you know, the way it works for me. If I don't respond, sometimes I have a tendency to forget things and it's not on the top of my mind. And then, you know, problems arise. So I just am much more comfortable with just dealing with things as they roll in.
1: And that's, you know, oftentimes if you can manage, right? To make sure you're not always, always uh, fixated on the, on the minutiae, but keeping it all moving, right? That's the whole idea. So it doesn't, you don't create these log jams or things that become bigger, bigger problems down the road, right?
2: Absolutely. I yeah. mean, if I get a, you know, if I get an email and, you know, the truth is also if, if you are a business person and, you know, you're getting new business or whatever, and, and. You know, you're not responding. Believe me, there's someone else who will be. Mm-hmm. And so, especially with new business, you know, I'm pretty fanatical about responding. You know, immediately.
1: Yeah, Well, maybe because yeah, once you have a relationship, it, it maybe it can evolve a little bit. But you're right that those first first touches, people, are, well, they're expecting a response. They they have an issue. There's something that they want to hear. Yeah, hear, and hear and, from yeah, you on that's right. Yeah,
2: and if people aren't, if you're not, you know, tending to them, someone else will. So it, it doesn't take a tremendous amount of skill to reply to an email or text or you know pick up the phone and make a quick call and that goes a long way towards you know getting those clients especially you know everyone's interviewing multiple people now so you know first touch is important
1: and they're they've already you know know something of you to begin with right Uh, you've got a great presence you've done a lot of writing you know and you've built that over time obviously so they probably have some sense of you before they're they're actually reaching out in the first place aren't they
2: You know, you hope, obviously, you know, they do, but, you know, you never know what people are thinking or a lot of times, you know, you can read a lot about someone until you actually have an interaction with them. It's a different thing. So, you know, I pride myself on being really hands-on and I try to, you know, be accessible and approachable. You know, I don't want to be a, a formal person because I don't think that's really what people like. And I just think that if you you know, if that's your personality, you just have to let that go through. And and I think people appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you, so you're licensed to state of Illinois, but practice beyond, right? How does that work? How does that work? Is it a matter of connecting people through a network or how do you actually do things for people from out of state?
2: Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. You know, we handle, we are, we are, I'm licensed in Illinois, but the way, you know, we get a lot of clients from out of state, you know, who may Have a mass tort type case. You know, we're doing right now. We're doing a lot of work on um, Camp Lejeune, uh, which is a military base in North Carolina, and we've got you know clients obviously in North Carolina, but we've got clients across the country. And you know what we're going to do is we're going to get admitted to North Carolina on these cases. Some of the attorneys I work with are already admitted there, but for the most part, you know, I think the way of the future is that people are there. It's just becoming much more open. You know, people are, you know, they're looking, you know, for really the, the expert or the leaders in a particular field. And if that means going out of state, so be it. And I think people just have sort of come to expect, you know, good service, great representation, and it doesn't matter where you're at.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a question to find, you know, the best people, the right people, the best people, and they clearly uh, do just that. How did your business evolve into this space? Uh, did you did you always want to be an attorney? At what point did uh, the, you know, the light bulb go on, or or <laughs> you know made that
2: way? You know, I no, I, I didn't. You know, I, I went to college. I wound up in a journalism program, and it was great. It taught you how to write. It taught you some you know great skills and everything. But I really had no interest in you know. Working at a newspaper, you know, being a traditional journalist or whatever. And my parents said, Well, that's great. You know, what are you going to do next? And I said, I have no idea. And they said, Well, how about law school? And so, being the obedient, you know, young man at the time, I went to law school. And, you know, frankly, there were some parts of law school that I enjoyed, but there was a lot of it that I disliked. I really did not, I didn't like the way they taught a lot of the content. You know, it was a lot of it just felt really. I don't know, I, I couldn't grasp it, you know, and that, I guess it's sort of why I gravitated a little bit towards the tort side of things is because I could actually, it was very concrete to me, you know, you were injured in an accident, you have your injury, you know, your damages, and, that, you know, it's it's sort of a beginning, a middle, and an end, as opposed to a lot of cases where there may not be as, as uh, clear cut, you know, maybe more of just an ongoing trudge through things. So when I got to, when I was exposed to personal injury to torts, that was just something that resonated with me because I just love the fact that you can take someone from the days after an accident through the litigation, get their case resolved. And it was a, it was a clean cycle, if you will.
1: It's interesting. I spoke to, uh, you know, looking at some of your materials, which as I say are great, we'll make sure people know how to find you. Uh, res ipsa You wrote something to that. Speak to that. It, It spoke to me when I was reading through, and I guess it took me back to law school, the concept, uh, yeah, take us through that concept.
0: Well,
2: uh reciprocaloquitor is is basically the you know, the concept is the injury speaks for itself. You know, in other words, you know, in most cases, you know, you have to establish negligence. You know, whether it's an auto accident, you got to show that the person drove negligently, that they should have driven in a, a certain manner, they broke a certain law. Now, res recipe is it really applies to situations a lot of times in a, a medical negligence case where We don't know exactly what happened during an operation, but, you know, all things being equal, you shouldn't have a a surgical instrument left inside of you during a procedure. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. It speaks for itself. Yes.
2: Yeah. So, you know, and I found that, you know, frankly, with content like that, you don't have to go to law school necessarily to understand that. But at the same time, if you are the person or your family members dealing with a situation like that. And maybe you met with an attorney or maybe, you know, you're doing some research on your own and this topic pops up. That's why, you know, we have that kind of content on the website. You know, it's sort of a, you know, that's in the world of, you know, online marketing, that's sort of the the top of the funnel to bring them in, be just informational, be a resource for people. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if they do need an attorney, they'll they'll reach out. But a lot of content like that tends to sort of be you know just bring people in towards the website and you know maybe they'll help you know they'll pass it off to someone else or maybe they'll you know if they're writing a paper or something on it maybe they'll link to it or something so that's that's why that content is there
1: yeah anything you're putting energy into right there you say it may be something that symbolizes a link or it may resonate with somebody it struck me as i say going through is to took me back fondly and then uh Uh, And I'm a corporate commercial lawyer, so I don't do quite the same thing, but obviously understanding a lot of the type of work that people in your particular niche do. It's interesting as well, to think trial versus uh, setup, like how many of these, I'm recalling like old stats, but how many files do you actually get or do they actually resolve as opposed, or I guess probably the better question is saying, how many actually make it to trial?
2: Very few, very few, you know, in terms of a percentage, you know, maybe several percent. Very, very small percent. You know the thing though that you know I think people don't realize is that in order to get the cases resolved, you got to position the case. That's right. You've got to be willing to go to trial.
1: That's right. You've got to. You have to be be willing willing to go to to trial. trial. It has to be heading towards trial. And you have
2: to. You got to push. You know the defendants. You know feet to the fire. um, Because if you don't, it's just going to sit idle, or you're not going to get really full value for the case. So, you know, when we take on a case, you know even though we know the majority of these cases are going to get resolved, we prepare the case, you know, as though it's going to go to trial and and we hire the experts and we, you know, we do the work that's needed. And it's a lot of work and it's a lot of expense, but at the end of the day, you wind up getting a lot more value out of those cases than if you just, you know, do the bare minimum.
1: Yeah, yeah no, you need to do it, right? And that's what I experienced as well. Uh, I was doing litigation early in my career and see it's doing just as you described you need to be putting it all in spending the money bring it to a point where you're you're prepared to litigate it as a means of getting the job done right or and which you know which is oftentimes the best result for the client uh, is that to see things resolved or get things resolved i guess even a trial is a a way of resolving or getting to resolution because it's going to be it's going to be finished at the end of the day if there's a if there's a trial Uh, but it's a lot of work and a lot of effort has to go into getting to that place obviously what do you do to maintain? you know your level of motivation. You've been you've been at it for a while, so to, you know to keep the energy up and to keep things moving because you know that's 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 a lot of effort to move things like that along.
2: You know, I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, the truth is is that I really do enjoy this type of work. You know, I think that if you if you enjoy the work, you know, of course there's you know there's parts of it, everything that you don't love. You know, there's days that you don't. Ugh, you know, you you sort of drag. We but, all have that, yeah. Yeah, yeah but course. for the most part, you know, I genuinely enjoy this type of work, you know. And I think that, you know, all things being equal, I'm sort of excited to jump out of bed in the morning and get get things rolling. And you know, for better or worse, you know, things are moving sort of at a constant pace. And so it, I don't really have time <laughs> to think about, you know, maybe. You know, oh, this is sort of a a drag or whatever. You know, I'm always sort of, you know, it's this type of work for me is great for someone with maybe a, a little bit of a ADD issue because it just moves so quickly and you just move from one thing to the next. So, you know, it really suits my personality well.
1: Yeah, for sure. As you keep moving along, I mean, it's clearly innate in you. And, you know, for those who have gotten to where you're, I mean, you, you don't by a- accident get through law school and, you know, start a business and, you know continue to lead that business successfully. So it's not by accident. A lot of people are looking for the secret sauce or the antidote to that. And rally is it's, it's a lot of hard work. You know, you've got to be motivated. You mentioned get out of bed in the morning. What does a morning routine look like? What do things look like to get you moving in the morning?
2: Well, I am one of the crackpot early bird people out there. I usually get up 4 or 4.30 in the morning and, you know... <laughs> I'll hang out with my wife, the dogs, you know, we'll have some coffee before the, uh, my kids get up or whatever. And then, you know, I'm a big, I love anything physical. So I'll, you know, usually pretty much almost every day hit the workout, you know, try to get, you know, an hour, two hours of workout
1: in. In the morning though, you do that in the morning.
2: I do it in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Once the the day starts rolling and other people start waking up, the phones start ringing, hopefully, you know, emails start coming in and it's much more difficult for me to break away during the day than it is in the morning. So at least if I I feel like a lot of times, if at least if I get that workout in, you know, physical aspects aside, I feel like just mentally I've got a, a small victory under my belt and it sort of sets the tone for the day.
1: Yeah, Jonathan, it's interesting how, I mean, we've got a lot of very successful people that come on the show here and a regular theme is early, early mm-hmm. riser, or early, you know, get some form of uh, physical, uh, get it in earlier. Everybody's consistently saying, you know, the longer way, the more difficult it is to get, actually get it in. Uh, I'm struck as well. Do you do any meditation or anything, of that, or anything of, of that nature? I'm struck by how many people are now telling us that's, you know, something that's been guiding them. Do you get to you that know, at all?
2: I'm not the type of person who can sit very well doing anything, but I do a fair amount of yoga. I don't know if, you know, it's not, maybe not a traditional meditation or whatever, but it's, it's sort of, uh, it does sort of get you in a flow. And when I'm doing that, I'm pretty much just focused on that, you know, as opposed to, you know, my mind's racing, uh, you know, to 50 other things or whatever. So if you want to consider that a form of meditation, sure. If you don't, Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I hear. But does It, se- it does settle yes. me down and it does, it does focus me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, diet wise, how do you, I mean, you're running from one thing to the next or do you, uh, do you manage to find time to eat? What does that look like for you?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm always, you know, I try to, the older I get the, I don't know, less tolerant, I guess my body is of, you know, garbage food. So I try to, you know, try to feed it, you know, good food and, and try to be relatively, you know consistent with it but you know there's no there's you got
1: to have fun too you know you got to enjoy your life yeah a good friend of mine uh, just i'll say in a very festive atmosphere said everything in moderation including moderation so absolutely so, i i, I subscribe to that a thousand percent yeah and there you go so interesting you know as you say as we get older these these thoughts and frankly as things evolve right we're talking about business being done in new ways i think we are all focused on these things and want to be around for as long as we can be in the healthiest way that we possibly can be. What are some things that you have set for yourself as uh, of things you want to achieve? Well, you know, I guess it's sort of
2: you know it's always sort of evolving. You know, I, I I try to set goals, and then once you get to that goal, you know, you move on to the next. I don't really see things as like a you know a finish line, you know, necessarily. So whether it's you know getting a, a certain number of cases or you know, achieving a certain revenue or, you know, maybe it's doing something physical, totally, you know, non-work related, you know, whether it's a a race or something like that. I think it's really important to set the goal, but then, you know, when you, after you achieve that goal, hopefully you set another goal. So
1: it's never like. Yeah. Something you're working towards, right? You you always have to have to have something. You said race. Is there something specific that you, that you do that? Racing specific?
2: You know, I, I've done a fair amount of runs. I've done a fair amount. You know, I used to swim competitively in high school and college and things like that. I am not, you know, a super. I'm sort of that chapter of my life is a little bit closed. You're I not going really, to the Olympics?
1: Is that what you're trying? I'm to tell not me?
2: going to the Olympics. Okay, I don't enough. really have the urgency to, you know, put, you know, participation medals or trophies or something up in my office. But at the same time. I do think it's important to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone. So recently I did a, uh, basically it's a, a climb in Utah where you basically do the, the elevation of Everest, but you sort of cycle through it. So you hike up, gondola down, hike up, gondola down, wow. it's like 30, 30,000 feet, 30 something miles. And you know, it, it, how long does that take to do? Uh, that took about 18, 19 hours. Wow. I mean, but, yeah. so you could, you could actually, the, the, without getting in too much detail, you could actually do it. You have 36 hours to do it. And if you want to, you know, take a nap, you can do that. If you want to have a lunch or whatever, sure. I started going and I said, screw it. Let's just grind it out. But no stuff like that. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to do that, but you know, wh- whatever you want to do, I think it's important to have some, some goals. Yeah. Something you're working towards.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. What would you say to, you know. What's the key age? I mean, you went to you went to law school. So what would you say to, uh, you know, an 18-year-old virgin of yourself, you know, with the benefit of what you know now? Probably, you know, maybe
2: just not to be so hard on myself. You know, I think a lot of times people, you know, they, they sort of, maybe they look at, you know, social media or something and they see, oh, you know, this guy, he's got it all, you know, yeah, you, you know, and everything just takes a lot of time. It, everything takes a lot more time and a lot more work. Than most people realize, and if you don't get to you know a certain level right away, um, it's sometimes it's easy to feel discouraged. But the truth is, is that the people who you know tend to be very successful. People really underestimate how much work they're putting in and how much effort they're putting in.
1: That is so well said. This is the thing that you know. I work with a lot of very successful uh, entrepreneurs, and. Um, yeah. Intentional, thoughtful, focused work, right? The people don't realize how hard these people are actually working. It's not, I mean, there is, there's an element of luck, but the, the, the luck is there for the person who's working hard, focused, and, you know, done, doing all the things the right way as well. And then they hit lightning in a ball, right? Uh, as you say, without feel, I mean, you've seen so many of these successful people as well. They are working their butts off. The people that, you know, say, I wish I had that, a lot of times they're the ones sitting around, not not really doing it, right? So I think that's really astute. And a lot of people don't recognize how hard there how hard you work to get where, to where no, you are no i mean right?
2: it, you know it's and sometimes you know it's it's very misleading a lot of times when people see someone you know who maybe oh you know he's playing golf or you know he's walking down the street you know he's he's just you know screwing up people don't realize that whatever they're doing they're sort of it's always going on in the background you know they're always thinking about something it's not like they're you know, out to lunch or whatever, checked out, you know, they're always focused on it. They're always just, you know, keep going back to it. And I think it's just sort of what it takes.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's well said. And now things are changing quite a bit. You know, we talk as we come through the pandemic, but also technology wise, we're doing things in new ways. We're talking now, as you say, through Zoom, and this will be recorded. And uh, for the most part, be an audio recording that people will listen to around the world. Uh, We're seeing, you know, Web3, Metaverse, Crypto. How are you participating in this type of thing? You're obviously aware that's going on what are you what are you doing how are you staying How are you staying current? You know, I don't really know you know, I'm not a good
2: predictor of of the future or anything, but at the same time, I think there's so many you know benefits to you know crypto, frankly, that you know whether you like it, don't like it, whatever it is, I think that we're sort of at the beginning, you know phase of this. Crypto, whatever you want to, Metaverse, however you want to, you know, phrase yes. it. Yes. And I, I think that, you know, I'm invest. Full disclosure, I am invested in it to a certain degree, but you know, in various funds or whatnot. But I just think that it's going to become more and more a part of our society and more accepted. And it may not be for for several years or whatever. But I do think that that is the way of the future. And I think that you know, you, you can look at it now and say, you know, especially when the the crypto various, you know, cryptos are, are crashing and, and really sort of doing poorly. I think it's just a matter of time before things stabilize and it becomes more accepted. And, you know, you can sit back and do nothing or, you know, hopefully in 10 years, you look back and be like, oh, my gosh, thank God I I got on board with that. So
1: that's sort of where I where I. Put yeah, myself. no, I hear it. I mean, I ask the question almost as a straw poll. We, we all have, an, you know, we're all involved to some extent. We know this is the the beginning of the future, right? I think that's the one thing that we can all see. Yeah, it's opening up doors. It's allowing things to occur in ways that haven't occurred previously. Uh, I've talked with a lot of people, like sort of Web One, Web Two, like this, the beginnings of this Web Three, that's really going to fundamentally alter things. Even from you know as simply as uh, you know taking out the intermediaries in terms of the money makers, right? To uh, sending money to each other, we can send it now via uh, via exchange, or we can we can send money from one wallet to another that doesn't require you know, the full structures, traditional structures have been into place. So even that alone is going gonna, is gonna to change things. And it's frankly, it's going to also change the law as it continues to uh, evolve and try to keep up. There'll probably be new forms of legal practice that emerge as a consequence of it and new ways of doing business. We know it's there. The world's getting smaller. Borders are, you know, almost becoming seamless in many regards because of it. Uh, so it's important to be doing the work, you know, as we talked about uh, staying up on things and and doing the work. We know that's happening. You know, that's the next kind of, or one of the things that's going to be coming that we'll be contending with. Do you have any other thoughts of, uh, of the way things will be done? Maybe be it either through the law or some other way that society will function in the future?
2: You know, it's just, if I think if you just look back at, you know, how far we've come in the past five years or 10 years, you know, and just look back at that, a lot of times that can be um, very, you can learn a lot from, you know, the jumps that we've made over the past, you know, five, 10 plus years, you know, I mean, think about like, I mean, I'm, I'm 48, you know, I remember, you know, having a a cell phone that was a a flip phone, you know, I never thought there'd be internet on the, on the phone. And I I just think that, you know, whether you like it or not, things are always changing and things are just going to keep changing faster. And it's just, that's how life is. You know, I think if you go, you can go back as far as you want and things have all, nothing stays the same. You know, that's, that's the one thing that I think that people can agree on is that everything changes all the time and it's just going to get faster and faster. And it's not necessarily something you need to be scared
1: of. It's just something you have to accept. That's right. Exactly. Accept that that is a constant, right? That the change itself is a constant. Uh, Embrace that and be willing to, Well, participate in it as you see fit, right? For anybody that's interested in continuing the conversation with you, Jonathan, what's the best way to reach you or, you know, find ways of working together?
2: Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, First off, check out the website, RosenfeldInjuryLawyers.com. You know, I'm on YouTube, Twitter. We've got Personal Injury Podcast. You know, if you're ever, if you're interested in Camp Lejeune, check out CampLejeuneUSA.com. But no, I mean, feel free to reach out. You know, it's this is stuff that I I genuinely enjoy talking about and and really am passionate about. So, uh, don't be a stranger.
1: Absolutely, And you know, and wealth of information. It's it's great how much you've uh, put there. It's as I say, a wealth of resources there. So, do look for those. Anybody interested uh, in finding out more? And Jonathan, I like to end. These this is a great chat. Thanks. I'd like to end these episodes with one thing that maybe is resonated for you. One thing that someone listening might be able to take with them through the rest of the day, the rest of the week after the shows drop something that's worked for you, you know, something that said, again, you know, as asked that question to an 18 year old Jonathan Rosenfeld, but oh, there's something that that's worked for you on a consistent basis. Someone listening, maybe on a jog or on a drive to work right now might be inspired by, you know, I guess the,
2: the one thing I would just, I don't know. I was just talking with my son about my son plays, uh, he's 15 and a half. He plays water polo and he, he we were just talking, I don't know, Few days ago about how oh there's kids bigger than me there's kids taller than me or whatever and i just told them you know there's always someone bigger than stronger and probably better looking than, than you but at the end of the day the people who tend to have more success are the people who stick with it the people who have you know grit who bounce back you know after setbacks and i think just you know pushing yourself and really just realizing that other people have you know struggled with certain things or whatever that you'll get through it, and just having that that grit goes a long way towards success and towards towards happiness. So, I don't know if that's really uh, something to jog with or whatever, but just something to chew on. Uh, think about you know just sticking with it and just grinding for lack of a better word.
1: Absolutely, and clearly that's what it does. As we said, people working hard, you know, will will bear the fruits of their efforts. Absolutely great advice, Jonathan. Thanks so much for being on the show here today. Appreciate having you on. Look for the next chance we get to chat. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmacavoy.com. That's J-P-M-C-A-V-O-Y dot